is a place I'd give the world to see Where the music's softly playing And the rhythm's gently swaying Underneath the stars in a million bars Guitars are softly saying Mexico Well, this is a surprise to me with my music background. I haven't heard this for a million years. I recognise it as the voice of Long John Baldry, one of the very first people, of course, um, from these islands to, to understand the blues and to sing them. Um, and, of course, he was um, in bands with Rod Stewart and Elton John, I believe I'm right in saying, before he achieved a solo status. Uh, is of course, the chosen theme tune of our friend from Mexico, John Bonfilio. Good evening, John. Oh, good afternoon where you are. Good evening, Danny. How are you? Oh, rocking. Absolutely loving doing this through the night thing because, well, I suppose, you know, Martin and Paul Ross would tell you it's one thing doing it for a couple of days and another thing doing it for 10 years. But um, at the moment, I'm enjoying it hugely. Um, you're over there in, in, in Mexico, a country which both a combination of its football culture and its art I've always been fascinated with. Of course, a massive country as well. You've got some great stories to tell us. Tell us this one about the four Americans. Um, well, I'll just call it four Americans in Mexico. You can tell us the details. Yeah, I think both Paul and Martin will tell you that doing overnights for any length of time ages you in dog years rather than human years. But uh, yeah, so this, uh, this story broke a week ago, actually, today. It's certainly the biggest story that's been... Uh, doing the rounds, not just in Mexico and in Latin America, but also in the U.S. Um, it's the kidnap and the killing of two U.S. citizens who died and two who uh, were released and are alive, as I say, a week ago. But we didn't know anything about it. It was kept hush-hush until the Monday right. when the story broke. And this um, took place on the U.S.-Mexico border, where um, a cartel or a few members of a cartel uh, followed these four individuals across the border. Initially, we thought that they were, uh, they'd crossed the border on medical tourism, that they were going for a tummy tuck or, or something like that is a story that we were, that we were hearing. Uh, but the, this, this group of, um, a truck of cartel members, uh, opened fire on them, uh, shot at them. Uh, turns out later we found out the two were killed, uh, and two actually managed to, uh, to survive. But not only did it shine a, a light on, on, uh, the US-Mexico border and cartel issues, uh, between those areas, but it became a major international incident. I mean, Biden commented on it. It's become over the last couple of days in particular an incident, an issue here in Mexico as well, because some Republican senators and lawmakers have said that they're going to class the cartels as terrorist organizations, which would pave the way for the U.S. military to cross the border into Mexico. And that's become a big thing. And it's one of those curiouser and curiouser stories because um, what took place uh, in the middle of the week is that as it became an international incident, uh, they were located. So the four individuals were, were located and they were released to as I say, two dead, two alive, which never happens in in Mexico, certainly not to the speed at which that took place. And then today, uh, remarkably, five the, the, purportedly the five individuals that were involved in shooting on these individuals were then tied up and dumped in this town of Matamoros, their hands tied behind their back, and a note of apology from one wow. of the cartels saying that these guys had stepped over the line and that this should not have happened, that it was a break in discipline, and they were handing them over to the authorities. So it's been one of those stories which every day is just run and run, 
and changed its narrative. And today, even more strangely, the Mexican authorities are now briefing the press that the four individuals, the four U.S. individuals, all have criminal records for drugs offences. So it seems perhaps as though what was initially regarded as a case of mistaken identity was a little bit more than that. Yeah, and they probably weren't there just to, as you say, have a tummy tuck. And it's good to hear that the Mexican cartel has got some kind of protocol uh, which they had broken. Um, on a much more light note, uh, John, I'm loving the story you sent us um, about the Peruvian YouTuber, because this is the sort of thing that as a younger person I might have got up to myself. Tell us about that. This is amazing, isn't it? This is uh, uh, Rosalia, you know, one of the biggest international uh, stars doing the round certainly for the last few years and certainly Latin stars, a couple of Grammys, multiple, multiple uh, Latin Grammys. She did a, a tour through Latin America last year, but she left out Peru, which uh, really annoyed and made her Peruvian fans uh, pretty sad. So this individual, this YouTuber, Ioannis Patsias, in um, uh, presumably of Greek heritage in Peru, decided well, he's got a million followers that he was wow. going to recreate the show. Uh, scene by scene, song by song, oh. dancer by dancer, costume change by costume change. El Rey, the king. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. Sold out shows in Peru. Uh, and to the extent that actually Rosalia's uh, formal Twitter account has actually uh, responded and said that parallel universes now do exist. But it is absolutely remarkable. In fact, if you Google uh, Rosalia now, you actually get images coming up of this of this Johannes Patsia. So it's difficult to know who is the real Rosalia now. And maybe this Peruvian, this male Peruvian YouTuber has replaced her. Uh, it, it's amazing. And if you think about the way technology is changing, how we um, consume pop music, you know, in London, you can see the young version of ABBA on a stage where people I haven't seen the show. People tell me. Um, that it's as real as if they, as if they, you know, in their twenties, they're there in the room. Uh, at the other end of the scale, you've got this fellow with a million followers um, replicating Rosalia in, in all its detail. It's too good and it's too funny. Um, with my uh, Trans Europe Exp Express, my global football show that I do on a Sunday night here on Talksport, with that hat on, uh, John, um, we're forever speculating. Um, particularly now that Paris Saint-Germain have gone out of the Champions League. Um, they, need, they need to do all kinds of things with their team. Um, and the, the future of Lionel Messi keeps on coming up. People point him towards the Middle East because he has those contracts um, with Saudi Arabia's tourist authority. They point him towards um, Miami, where he would come under the coaching genius that is Phil Neville. But there's always the possibility <laughs> of him going back to South America. What's the latest? That would be the emotional pull. I mean, Newell's Old Boys is where he started his career in the youth team there before he was then moved over to uh, to Spain and, and Barcelona and prior, prior to Paris Saint-Germain. It's the only, the only place, he, the only team he'd ever played for. Um, so that's certainly where the emotional pull and where, if you like, if, 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 if part of the closing of the Messi narrative was the World Cup win, then certainly in Latin America it is viewed that uh, him returning to Newell's Old Boys, uh, one of the, the certainly most historic um, teams in in Argentina, would would draw the story, the narrative to a close. But I think we're probably a year or two away from that. Certainly, it seems as though that is the emotional pull, if you like. But there is still, I mean, he's certainly spoken about how he still wants to play at the 
you know, the top end of things at the moment. And uh, so I would say, you know, even in terms of what I'm hearing at this end of things, that I don't think it's uh, maybe another year with PSG. I doubt it's going to be into Miami. I doubt it's going to be uh, Saudi Arabia. But I wouldn't discount that somewhere down the line, Messi will will make a return to Argentina. Another side story with this is that some of the Argent, other Argentine World Cup winners have heard these uh, rumors and these stories and have actually said that if uh, Messi goes to Newell's Old Boys, they will also move from their clubs and then join him there as well. So, I mean, the Argentine footballing public that is first amongst equals, if you like, internationally in terms of fanaticism would go Mm -hmm. absolutely crazy for that. Yeah, the, the problem with all of those uh, th- stories at the moment is that, of course, Argentine football has no money at all. The only money in South America, and I don't, I can't, Mexico, Central America, the only South American countries with any money is Brazil. The, all the money is going into Brazil. Uh, you said it's a couple of years away from Messi having to make that decision, John. It's also a couple of years away till Mexico's one of the co-hosts of the next World Cup. Um, I'm old enough, I'm vintage enough to remember the World Cups in Mexico in 1970 and 1986. And I'll say this, they were both brilliant. Um, what's the atmosphere like as they build up to hold it, to having yet another World Cup in Mexico? I mean, I think it's it, it, it's feeling a little bit um, split at the moment because on the one hand, you've got great excitement at what is going to land here in a in two or three years' time, 2026. But at the same time, there is this sort of introspective uh, existential questioning around the strength of the of the national side, and they've just appointed a new coach. So really, um, there's this kind of worry that uh, Mexico is not going to properly represent itself. So the hope would be, certainly in terms of what I'm hearing here, that is that the, the, the national team really develops in order to be able to uh, to really properly represent itself, which is not something that, that took place in, in Qatar. So I guess we're still a bit of a way, no. away from that, but for sure in a year or two, then the temperature is going to gradually rise and rise and rise. Listen, John, it's been an absolute joy to talk to you. Thank you very, very much indeed. Uh, John Bonfilio there with Long John Baldry, of course. Um, uh, and all the latest from Mexico and South America.